Welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. Today we're joined by a physical therapist, Altaf Mapara, and I think we're going to have a very interesting discussion. Welcome, Altaf. Thank you. I'm Pleasure to be here, finally with Leon and Clea and Andy as well. I know <laughs> there's some uh, good, good silver linings to this yeah. virtual world. You actually see people more. Well, sometimes you see them more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and at least this time we're not, you know, we're not coming to you with problems. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Leon <laughs> in the clinic. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's been less and less ever since we first um, during Trojan. Yeah. Because in Trojan days, I think I was there every two to three weeks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, Clea's brought some good mobility to your life there. You know? Yeah. Uh, also, being younger, you're a bit stupid. So back then, uh, pain. It's, it's definitely an evolution, right? Uh, yeah. Leon, you're definitely involved as a, as a trainer, as a yeah. person, uh, which is always amazing to see. Um, this, you know, from where you are when you started, and you know where you are now. And that's and that's what it's about, right? It's about building those blocks uh, yeah. and acknowledge components for yourself. Yeah, I usually yeah. I still have those videos. I'll never post them. They 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 just I, they're in my Dropbox just as a reminder. I watch them. Yeah, some big pictures of you on the table there, huh? on the clinic table as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have <laughs> blackmail. Uh, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? And I'm trying. Like, Torturous table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Andy as well, so which is always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I keep you too busy. I tell you. Yeah. He's, I am, I'm he's... a bit older. I'm falling a bit, but I should. I should get out. We might get to Nairobi. I'll come pay you a visit. Yeah. He's uh, Andy has broken a few things here and there. So. Yeah, Andy. What haven't <laughs> you broken? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what I think it's the other day. Legs. I've been lucky. I've not broken any bones in my legs. <laughs> but I've obviously destroyed my knees. But my my actual bones you know i've never had a major bone break in the legs yeah, yeah but my ankles knees joints I'm ter- my joints are where my weaknesses are they yeah. full of bits well i find as but soon I... as you hit 30 things just you know your body <laughs> honestly it doesn't yeah. recover the same yeah <laughs> 23 was when i had my first major knee problem and that, <laughs> you start- you know, i tore my meniscus in half you started too, down, early. You know, too much rugby acl you know as you know at 30 you are not as indestructible as you are yep. you know now mm-hmm. it takes longer to recover and it's all about now putting and realizing you know I, I i won't recover as fast as i was when i was in my 20s um yeah. so yeah, yeah you're right there Priya. yeah because yeah. even yeah, um, when i saw yeah, now, of, sorry sorry no, I was saying when I saw Altaf, that was the first time I ever saw a physio. So, like, yeah, uh, you but know, he used to see all these massage therapists would beat him to a pub first. Yeah, and then also the just the knowledge, because yeah. for me, physio was from what I'd seen was curative. So as long as I don't feel any pain or it's like I'm yeah. just going to put ice deep hit and life goes on. So, Back to beast mode. Yeah, the it's day. like no pain, no gain. It's, and I suppose that's the problem, because even me, like, I, I've been seeing physios on off since I was 17, I'm 40 now. But through rugby, we always had a rugby club physio. Yeah. Um, like, you know, someone who had a surgery at the rugby clubs, because I played a decent level of rugby, we'd go see them, get tortured, but only when injured. Yeah. You go in when, once you're injured, and and then once you start feeling good, you just stop going. Yeah. 
yeah. and you stop doing the the like even uh, like I'd stop doing some of the stuff Alta would give me and I'm like I'm good give me the give me the 200 kilos again then three days later it's like shit Ugh, yeah. back. <laughs> it's more reactive right Maybe it is. you guys are more reactive at that point and reacting to instead of being a bit more proactive you were just reacting to injuries instead of trying to prevent them and, and then manage them and not have it happen again. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean, Leon. But definitely, you you know, you evolve as you see your physios, oh, yeah. as Andy's seen physios since he was young, and you sort of understand what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah, because it's, um, it's what we're trying to sort of push to clients and just anyone who listens to us that you you, you can just go to a physio... Or even if you're, like Andy said, if you're, um, like, you've trained for years, it doesn't hurt to have a coach to give you a second opinion. So, exactly, such, such, uh, exactly, that's exactly. the approach. Yeah. Well, Altaf, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, so let's give you a little bit of a background. I'm a third-generation Kenyan uh, uh, and a physical therapist who's trained in Canada. I did my undergrad uh, in kinesiology and psychology. Um, I then went on to working in uh, physio clinics as a kinesiologist and more into the business side of it, of running clinics. Um, I then ended up moving to Australia, to Brisbane, uh, where I was recruited to open three clinics there, successfully opened the three clinics. And I came to a point in my career where I was like, do I go into the business side of coaching practices to build clinics or do I still stay in the area of you know, working with patients? which is what has been my passion, you know, all the time. Um, so I quit, I quit my job as a clinic manager and running the practices and uh, decided to go back to physio school. So I came back to Canada, went to Montreal, went to McGill, did my master's in physio and started off my career as being a first team physio for a, a, the McGill varsity team. Um, so my career pretty much started in varsity, but I was also working a lot with neuro so a lot of stroke patients and Parkinson's patients, which is something which has been a passion of mine as well. Um, so getting, you know, both aspects of it. Uh, worked in Montreal for about two years um, and then decided 14 years later, I'm coming back home. Yeah, nice. uh, I came back to Kenya, a bit of an interesting transition, you know, getting my mm -hmm. license, trying to decide whether I wanted to work in the hospital system. Um, so I ended up uh, working at Aga Khan for a bit um, and working with the Kenyan national teams, the, the rugby teams mostly. The Sevens, uh, started off with Safari Com Sevens. Um, and then, you know, a couple of months later, decided, you know what, the hospital was too much about <laughs> money and how many patients I could push through. Um, and then decided to start a practice out of my house. So I started seeing patients at home. Um, went from seeing about two or three patients a week and within six months I was seeing 10 to 12 patients a day. So the, the practice really, really grew. So that's how I ended up in physio and back in Kenya. Uh, close to home, working with uh, a profession that is, it's been, physio has been in Kenya for a long, long time, but at different levels, I would say. So with a lot of us internationally trained physios coming down, we definitely changed sort of the dynamics and options for, for patients to have uh, coming into Kenya. Yeah, no, that, well, that, that's, a, that's an amazing evolution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, well, I I remember the first time I went to see a physio. I think I was I was nine, and you know you had to track across town. You know maybe there were one or two physios. Um, yeah. Whereas whereas now at least there's there are a few more of you. I mean you're always so solidly booked. It's quite hard to get an appointment. But um, I, and the good thing is we have now maybe a good pool of about twenty internationally trained physios. We do also have Kenyan trained physios, and I think that comes up to you. I mean, one of your questions that you ask is, you know, what's the training like, or what's the level of physios, uh, physiotherapists? So, physiotherapy or physical therapy, same, same thing. Physiotherapist is very British, Australian. Physical therapist is very Canadian, American. They like to change the words around. Yeah, and um, and what exactly does a physical therapist do? So, I mean, our jobs. Uh, we're, we're mobility specialists. That's, if I was to say, we help you move. And how do we make you move and move efficiently and better and keep you moving, okay? So physio has different components, the orthopedic, which is the musculoskeletal injuries, so muscles and bones. Then you have the neural component, which is, you know, the neural side of, of uh, injuries and rehabilitation. So patients who have had strokes or Parkinson movement disorders, and also pediatric, where we see kids, you know, we've had things like torticollis or plagiocephaly or CP or development goals. So we help patients move again, um, move and, you know, be able to do what they really want to do. And I always get this question, what's the difference between a physical therapist and an occupational therapist? You know, occupational therapists are, are therapists which help you get back into your occupation. Occupation is not just work. It's doing things like getting out of your bed, taking a shower, brushing your teeth. You know, if you've had a stroke and you're using your right hand to do all these things, how do we adapt you to do your occupation in a different ways? And physical therapists and occupational therapists work hand in hand, where we get a ta- where the occupational therapists are looking at a task brushing your teeth, for instance, how do we get those muscles going? How do we activate them? How do we uh, get them to be moving on a strength and mobility and range of motion level? And then the OTs work on the dynamics of getting that task put together. So yeah, so that's, 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 uh, that's what physio or physical therapists do. Um, what's, I guess the next question usually a lot of people ask is what's the training? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the training is quite, quite uh, interesting. There's a huge spectrum. Um, in, in Kenya, the physical therapists have uh, started off with having a diploma in physio. Um, now it's evolved to having an undergraduate degree. Um, so these are you know, pretty well-trained physical therapists. We have in Kenya, if I'm not mistaken, we have about 400 therapists. Um, so there's quite a few, not just in the city, but uh, you know around uh, around the world, around the country. Okay, um, so Kenya's education system is a little bit further behind than the rest of the world, whereas Canada, Australia, the U.S., you need to have an undergraduate degree first, and then apply for a master's program or a DPT program. Uh, whereas in the U.K., you can go straight into an undergrad program now. Um, so the education overseas is quite um, in depth. In Kenya, it is there, but uh, it is getting there, but it's it's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's 
it's someone's body. I think it really does need to, you need to have, it needs to be really intensive. I mean, I would say the same with personal training that you should have almost sort of your, if you want to say undergrad in just, you know, anatomy and things like that, rather than just a level knowledge of it. (laughs) Yeah. Because you really are dealing with someone's body, their health, their life. So in the, in the UK and in Canada and Australia, the, the undergrad degrees for personal trainers, which most of them have, are human movement degrees or kinesiology degrees, mm. which, is the, which is the study of human movement. Because you are getting to people to move and, you, and human movement specialists and personal trainers work hand in hand with physios all the time. Um, and, it's, and it's amazing to see how that synergy works. But you are right, that, that is where it should be going. Um, and again, it depends on where, which region you are in. Yeah. And then uh, we touched on this sort of briefly earlier, how you said most people are reactive. So where, when and why see a physio? I mean, it doesn't just have to be if you're injured, does it? No, I mean, you can see a physio. I mean, most of the time you'll end up seeing a physio because you've had an acute injury. Something's happened yeah. and you're in pain, you're in discomfort and you need relief and it's really impacting your quality of life at this point here in so you're like okay i need to get to get to see someone somebody needs to help me or you've tried a few medications or hot packs and full packs and it hasn't worked and the physio comes in and 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 guides you in that process and and treats you so in that in that setting physios will use a multitude of modalities from manual therapy to uh, myofascial release, to muscle stimulation, to acupuncture needles, to uh, giving you a, a hot pack and a heat pack, and then guiding you through some stretches to relieve your pain. Um, physical therapists in, in uh, different regions can also recommend uh, medications or prescribe medications for you so that you can use those to help you with the acute symptoms. Um, and if, if necessary, then send you for an image or an x-ray or an MRI to determine if the injury is something that's quite serious that we need more information about. So that's the acute setting. Yeah. Then you've got you know, the other component of, hey, um, am I doing things the right way? It's a preventative component. You know, am I moving well? Is my posture right? Uh, am I exercising well? Am I building the muscle in the right way? Uh, how is my mobility, not just mobility as in walking and running, but how is my mobility while doing certain things, while at my job, at my desk, am I sitting well, is my posture right, am I mobilizing from getting up and going and getting a cup of coffee, am I doing it the right way, so different components of occupational mobility, uh, so physios help you with that. Oh, now, the, the biggest thing a physio does, I, I feel, Apart from all the acute, you know, muscle stimulation, manual therapy, needles, is they educate you. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we do is, you know, you go to a doctor and you have a pain and they'll say, take an XYZ or you go to see someone and they'll say, do this. But when you come to the physio, he's the, he or she is the first person there telling you, look, Leon, this is what's going on with you. Do you understand what is happening? And the more the patient understands, the more knowledge they have, the better they are at one, understanding what's going on, but also managing their anxieties associated with pain. Because it takes your pain experience to a different level, you know, if you, are, yeah. uh, if you don't understand what's going on. So that lack of knowledge is there. And this 
directly impacts your quality of life. So that's that's the key part. Yeah, and I hope that people who are listening to this podcast really take that away, that it doesn't just have to be if you've had an injury. You know, we, no. we've discussed on previous uh, podcasts about mental health and how you can go and see a, a mental health um practitioner you know not, yeah. not if you have a problem but just you know for your general health and and I remember I texted you once and I'm like can I come and see you even though I don't have a problem you know or should I and you were like yeah, yeah you can and again it's from that educational point of view like we like Andy Leon and I we're we're all personal trainers but we don't have that in-depth knowledge like you do so we would learn a lot from you and like we yeah. Like, you know, we might have a little niggle here, like Andy's, you know, his knees are sore there, and we kind of understand why, but sometimes not really. So and I wouldn't say it's also lack of knowledge. I would just say it's just about having a sounding board, right? Yeah. Someone's there to bounce off and say, hey, but why is this happening? And then understanding it and, you know, explaining it. And we're learning from our patients as well all the time, you know, and saying, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. You know, you could have a certain injury that's there and you can't really pinpoint what's going on. And then, you know, you come to your physio and he sort of tries to go through what your lifestyle is, what your day-to-day is and like, hey, hang on. I think that's that's mm. the thing. Let's change it. Let's tweak this and let's see. Mm. Um, it's also about setting rapport, you know, with, be it with a personal trainer, be it with your physio, be it with whoever you work or be it with your client. That rapport is very important um, in having this sounding board and, and, and able to communicate with that person. Yeah. What's your majority of clients? Is it uh, well? Wow, guys... we have a huge, you know, depth and breadth of clientele. So we have your, you know. So again, it depends on. We have kind of seasons uh, with our yeah. clientele mm-hmm. that comes in. So right after January, it's usually people who've had those New Year's resolutions and have decided, <laughs> okay, we want to get back into it. We want to go into weight loss. And then have a certain injury in that way um and then yeah. we have clients who are just super active um, and want to just better themselves so that's a lot of the musculoskeletal components we then get you know moms who've just had babies yeah. and you know trying to get back into exercise or have had some you know issues by from all the weight they've put on um we have your you know everyday joe office worker who's very sedentary as well in Kenya, we sit in our, on our, in our cars and in the desks and not move as much and, you know, have, have issues from there. Um, and then you have, you know, your, your older elderly patients as well who, you know, have, you know, aged and are getting a bit slower. We want to keep them moving. We want to still keep them having this good quality of life. And then we have pediatric kids, you know, with babies who come into our, into our practice who are, you know, I've been pulled out of the birthing canal and they've had a bit of a strain on their neck muscles mm-hmm. or they're always not sleeping in the right direction. Yeah. And we're trying to build their, you know, development goals. So we've got a really huge depth and breadth of, of patients that we see in Kenya more so. Even though we're a private practice that sees a lot of musculoskeletal patients and athletes, we do see a lot of um, elderly patients as well, non-athletes, mm-hmm. um, and, and babies as well. So a huge um, depth and uh, spectrum of patients. Yeah, so uh, Andy said in the beginning that he was tortured by his physios. <laughs> so... You know what it is? It's like the amount of like, I don't know, adductor injuries and stuff you get playing rugby, 
and then trying to have those sort of released or manipulated. Like, you know, you see grown men come out of a rugby club <laughs> physio's, physio's uh, studio with tears in their eyes. Because, yeah. you know, it is, it's, you know, it can be, you know, that's because we go in with an injury rather than proactively. <laughs> yeah. So, therefore, you are actually already in a little bit of pain. It's just like a whole lot worse before it gets better, like. I, I, and yes, and you're right, you know, no pain, no gain, which is great, which has been the, you know, good old saying that, uh, you know, if you don't have any pain, you're not healing. But sometimes I think in the, in, the, in the Kenyan setting, you don't have to go through pain to get better. You just have to get the right practitioner to show you the right progressions and, and educate you the right way. It's not just about going to physio and getting pushed and pressed and, if you don't feel the pain, nothing's healing. No, that's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there is pain in certain things that we do. Yeah, but not always. Not 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 entirely. Yeah. Well, which brings us to the point of what to look for in a good physio and what to avoid. So, what? Wow. How that's, we... that's the interesting. <laughs> uh, you know what? Before you see a physio, I think it's very important for you to research your physio. Uh, you know, we have our profiles. A lot of us physios have our profiles on, on our websites. And also, you know, call your physio and say, hey, you know, uh, I want to book an appointment. This is what I have. Are you able to treat me for this? And what sort of uh, modalities do you use or what do you specialize in? Um, I think getting that understanding of your physio before you see them is very, very important. Um, well, where is your physio trained? You know, is trained overseas, locally, what kind of patients do they see? Do they see mostly, if you've got a back injury and, you're, and you find a physio who is mostly doing inpatient stroke patients, they are probably capable of treating you, but they don't see enough patients uh, with back injuries for them to, to sort of do justice to what, what you may want. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to research your, your, your physio beforehand and also just call them up, I think, and the more you're able to set up a rapport, it's very important. Because you don't want to go to a physio and be told off and say, hey, mm-hmm. don't do this, don't do that, you're doing the wrong thing, and be scolded at, because you never go back, because you don't feel like you've um, built that communication with, with them. Um, also, you know, what, what kind of modalities does your physio do? Is he, I mean, is your physio mainly a manual, manual therapist? Do they mostly like to use modalities and machines? or do they use dry needles, or do they use a combination of things? And are they mostly there to just say, look, I want to see you twice a week for the next four weeks? Or are they more there to say, let's treat you, let's see how you do, go home and do your homework and your exercises, and then let's see how you evolve. So I think it's very important research on who they are, what their education is, how long they've been practicing for, and they've been practicing within the, the scope of practice that you need to be treated for um, and whether you are able to establish a rapport with them or not. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what we try to do as well is like build build up that sort of network with healthcare professionals. So, I mean, we, we probably work, I mean, we share a lot of clients and I mean, we probably see them more often than you. And yeah. so I think if you... If you are looking for a good physio, go through someone else that you trust, like your personal trainer or maybe your exactly. GP. Um, and that's Getting it. a good referral and a word of mouth referral is important. 
Um, and I, I think the other problem we have in Kenya is physios are, are scared of saying, hey, look, I don't think I'm the right person to treat you, but here is the other person that I think would be best suited for you. Um, because they're always, you know, trying to fight for patients and clients. I don't believe in that. I, I, I think it's very important to say, hey, look, it's if you can see me once, twice, and if you don't feel that, I'd be more than happy to refer you to another physio. Um, and if you see another physio, I don't feel like you're cheating on me. It's okay. As long as you get the care, that's key. That's, that's the same key. as uh, like on, on personal training. Yeah, I was going to say, on that, I think there's a lot of personal trainers out there who also need to stay in their lanes. Yeah. You know, a lot of personal trainers who also suddenly think they're physiotherapists or, Yoga or chiropractors doing back <laughs> manipulations in the middle of the gym floor. It's like, yes. No, keep keep in your lane, my friend. Yeah, because um, I was, um, I think it's me and Clea did like a video or a post where we were just talking about scope of practice. And we've noticed we were <laughs> we're just uh, joking about it with andy when you go to gym floors and you see all this i don't know if they're pts more i'd say gym instructors because i don't know if they're qualified or whatever but the things yeah. that they're doing to the clients on the mat it's almost heartbreaking because you can you can feel you can just see the spine stressing the hips crying like it, it's it's <laughs> painful cause, yeah because it's so, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's so bad because yeah, uh, personal training. It's it, it's it's you know what? It's that that component has evolved in Kenya a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, certain personal trainers like to add that component of stretching at the end, and then the patients seem to demand it. Yeah, because because uh, uh, yeah. what? Not necessarily the right thing to do, but I mean, um, they they mean well, and I'm sure if they were shown in the right way of what yeah. to do and what to look for. It would be an effective. It's a it's a great idea to help them stretch those components, but some of the things they do, I do cringe at. Yeah, because it's so it's as easy. Put my on and walk off. Yeah, just It's just as easy as uh, going into someone's email or uh, like DM and be like, uh, "Please help me with mobility or stretchy stretches I can give my client before and after," but. Yeah. In the Kenyan industry, I've noticed people don't like to like share information. You guys like to hide a lot. Um, there's a bit of a, I don't know if, there's no unity in the fitness industry much. So everyone wants to show the other person they're better. So this guy is busy breaking their client on the mat with a weird stretch they saw on YouTube. Yeah. Then the other guy comes with his new stretches. So, so I think it's the client who suffers because the client doesn't know. They assume you know. Yeah, and you've been, been yeah, yeah, you've been doing yeah, it to them for a year. It's trusting you and your judgment. Yeah, um, and we, you know we get a lot of injuries which are personal trainer induced, um, and not just stretching, but just pro wrong progression, mm -hmm. um, and saying, hey, no, yeah. if it doesn't hurt, you're not feeling it. <laughs> um, and yes, you are right. It's it's a lack of cohesion because we don't. And I think we've talked about this a couple of times beyond. Yeah, it's about setting up a personal training or a fitness um association yeah yeah yeah. Where we have a body of, of 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 you guys coming in and setting up a board and trying to educate everyone and bring them on the same level because you know some are more educated some are less 
um, some need a bit more. But it's you know it's just about making sure that everybody is on a level playing field uh, with their education, um, and then keeping that education current mm -hmm. as yeah. well by doing CDs and things like that. And and it's okay to to have clients move from personal trainer yeah. or physio. It's important. It's it's fine. Give them the choice. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's where a little bit of the, the problems come. Is you know you're trying to uh, upstage the other the other the other therapist or, or trainer, or you want to try some new things, or you saw something on the internet and you know you wanted to implement. Um, I, I think people have to be trainers and physios have to realize that different people have different levels of fitness and ability, and we have to tailor make these things or do these things. Uh, for different clients, but also, you know, at the end of the day, your 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 client or your patient comes first. We yeah. need to check our egos at the door. Yeah, the not only case. The internet is a gift and a curse in its own way, to be honest. Because yes. um, there's yeah, the, yeah, there's very, the... it's very very true. And I think it's important for if you've got an injury and you're a client, don't don't ask your personal trainer for medical advice. Because they feel they want to help you, and I think sometimes yeah. gym instructors and trainers do get put on the spot a little bit, yeah. where a client expects them to know the answer, <laughs> rather than saying, look, you should go to the doctor, yeah. and then also the physio or to whoever. They go, all right, come here, and then we start stretching, and we'll say, where they've got an actual proper tear or something, and they're just suddenly making it a whole lot worse than just saying, hey, I don't know this. But, or the client just you know saying that I'm injured, uh, I'm going to see a doctor. You know, everyone needs to be understand their lanes. I think clients and the instructors and the trainers also need to stay. Also, in a way, I I think I also blame like uh, gym owners because as a gym yeah. owner, I think first thing you should do when you sort of uh, open a gym is have a list or numbers of doctors and physios and just fitness professionals who your clients can be referred to. Like as a PT instructor or trainer, you just go like, I don't know what the problem is. Uh, your back, it could be this or that, but just go here to the reception or this is my physio, call them and they'll help you. It's like- give them, give them the options and say here, yeah. here are a couple of physios Pick, pick one which you feel that you may resonate with. Yeah, we trust um, them. Right. It's about having this this uh, tool in your toolbox that you can that you can have uh, available for your for your clients. And the 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 better you do this at at giving your your clients the right information and guiding them to the right path, the faster they're back training and doing what they love. Uh, instead of being out of injury and you know and yo-yoing, yeah. yeah, I think the, the clever gym owners are the ones that instead of having loads of salons and massage rooms upstairs, actually gives the free um, room to a physio to come work at for nothing, just to offer their clients a physio on site. Yeah, whether that physio is there every day or just comes in twice a week. Yeah, you say that it's free rental. You can have your clinic upstairs in one of the rooms or in the side room, because then you actually offer your clients a bit more, where the physio can also keep their overheads down. And yeah, especially younger physios joining is a good way to start. Um, 
you know, someone who's done practice at another clinic, maybe wants to venture out on their own. You know, and more gyms, then you keep everyone in house. People still come to the gym, get treated. They're not, you know, they're still going to pay for a gym membership because they're still going there. So rather than being injured and step away from a gym for six months or yeah, one stop shop. And you're, you're very, very right. I mean, Leon, Clea, you guys have this at your practice. You have the massage therapist, you have the mobility specialist there. You know, First Power Fitness, Brian has there, you know, they have, a, they have one of our therapists over there as well. Um, Alpha Fit also has a, a, you know, a great, you know. So physio. all the CrossFit gyms. <laughs> Sorry? The CrossFit gyms have physios on site. Yeah, it's because they need it. We need yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's good to have because you know what? The physio can come out during one of your sessions and say, hey, or you might even just pull the physio in and say, Hey, um, Alta or physio, what do, you, what do you think? You know, I'm looking at it this way. Um, and sometimes having a different perspective is, is, is great. I mean, I love it when in the clinic, when one or two of the physios are there and I feel like I'm having tunnel vision because, you know, I'm just zeroing in on one thing and I need somebody else coming in and saying, hey, Alta, I'm looking at it in this way. What do you think? Yeah, and, but... it, and it, it works. You know, it's about sharing of ideas. Yeah. Uh, for instance, at Karen surgery, we have... You know, Anna, we have Eileen, we have Sally. Um, and, and we, you know, sometimes we'll say, hey, look, I think I'm hitting tunnel vision. I think you need to go see this other physio, Eileen or, or Anna. And let's see what they what they think. Maybe this, they'll see something that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that, 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 that breadth um, of different practitioners is, is always key. And it's, again, what are you trying to do? You're giving your, your clients the best experience and all the information that they need to succeed in what their goals are. Absolutely. uh, I can think of nothing I would like more as a personal trainer than to have a physio on site or close by just, yeah, like you say, in session and someone is just like, you know, oh, this movement doesn't quite work for me. Mm, You know, maybe try this or like just stop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I was going to say... It's nice to have the personal trainers there, right? will say, hey, look, uh, Leon, I'm trying to do this. What do you think? What, what, how can we adapt this exercise? And, you know, it's, it's about sharing this knowledge and saying, and Leon will come up and I'm like, yeah, that's a great one. Let's incorporate it. Yeah, because it's, it's a learning process anyway. So I think everyone can learn from everyone, man. If, if the doctors, you know, would refer physios who would in turn work with PTs and Massage therapists, I think we'd be at a, like, a, the industry would just be a notch higher even. Um... Well, here's the thing. I've, I've always thought about if I opened a gym, the ideal gym situation would be great gym floor, teaching rooms, but also on the side, physio, uh, orthopedic consultant, doctor, um, masseuses, but everyone works together in a cohesive health and fitness kind of, you know, landscape. So everyone, you know, you're all individuals, you know, and you may be just sharing the space, but actually you know that if you can't treat something, like an orthopedic consultant might say, yeah, you, uh, do surgery, do surgery, and they say, right, now we'll go see Altaf, he's in the physio's room, uh, and then, you know, you can move around, and then everyone works together on a cohesive plan for someone's actual health and fitness rather than just siloed approach yeah. to fitness yeah. and people well, that's important 
Um, Andy, you bring a good point. It's uh, back in the day, this idea was coming up of having different practitioners working, you know, in, in a single location, and that was the multidisciplinary approach. The only problem with that was each discipline was working independent of each other. No. Um, so there was a lot of lack, lack of communication. Mm -hmm. Now it's the interdisciplinary approach where you're working with the individual practitioners, but you're all working towards a cohesive goal. Um, and that's where, I mean, like your practice, Clea, is coming up as well, is you guys are there, even though you're, you're seeing the patients, uh, the massage therapist is seeing the patients, the physio is seeing the patients, the trainers, but you're all working towards that one goal for the client. Um, and Andy, you bring up a great, great, great uh, point in that way. In Kenya, I think we are building that slowly, slowly, like, you know, between myself, Andy, Leon, Clea, we're all talking about this. And this podcast is exactly what is coming along is we already have our physios, our trainers, our orthopedics, our doctors who are all communicating together and trying to bring bring up the level of working interdisciplinary. So it's getting there, Leon, and I'm sure even just from your experience with your injuries oh, yeah. and your rehab process, I think you 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 also see that. Yeah. Because um, after yeah after the injury, I did I did quite a bit of research, and um, I think it uh, it's we can just say injuries sort of just open the mind. The, for, after the injury, a lot really changed. Like I took like thirty steps back and just press reset and I was like you know what I used to be strong but screw this if I want to do this for the next yeah. 30 40 years I, yeah because it uh, like you say oh, mental you yeah because it was it was a mental thing because I remember going to Altaf and he was like just take a break for two weeks and I'd That's sit... unheard of for Leon to take a break. <laughs> yeah, it was so it was so hard. I'd be at work. I'm not talking to anyone. I yeah. I know Andy remembers the squatra corner. I'd be in the corner reading, and I'm thinking, God damn it, I can't. Then I'm thinking, in two weeks, my PRs will change. It was uh, you'll lose all your gains. Yeah, for the world is over. Yeah, that one month. It was a bit of a mild depression, so to speak. Like it was a mindset yeah. where I'm thinking, if I stop, I'll regress. If so, I think it it, it goes hand in hand with like mental health. Cause... There's also a business thing for you as well. Cause oh yeah. <laughs> when you're a personal trainer, a lot of your business is generated by people seeing you train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to certain extent, people want to see the sexy list. They want to see you oh, yeah. squatting. <laughs> over 200 kgs deadlifting over 300 kg yeah that's what attracts them but we don't realize actually that if you're not careful comes at a cost yeah and you know when you're not working as a pt or you're not in the gym and people aren't seeing you lift yeah you know, i think a lot of trainers feel that's damaging their business so even when we've got injuries to just keep going yeah because going. when i when i started it helped it really helped but after I think after the injuries, after two months of being like, oh, I just need to take a step back, it, it, it changed. But um, in terms of helping with clients, it, it does help because they see and they're like, yeah, I want to be that strong, that guy. So thinking of going and you're like, oh, I'm only lifting 20 kilos now because of... So you start yeah. thinking you lose clients, you... 
and i guess it's it's more than knowledge than what you lived it's it's how you apply so we tend to forget that and just look at it in one like one perspective where it's my clients are with me because i lift this and yeah. in a way after the injury it changed and also leon what what's happened in this process is you've learned two weeks uh, isn't long enough to lose your gains nope <laughs> no it, it isn't people think if i don't do two weeks i'm gonna lose my gains but if you're you know you can still do the things that you normally do just reduce the load see that's yeah. the other thing is, is educating them on the loading principles and 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 your nutrition keep your protein up reduce your load increase your reps you will still maintain your gains even though you're you're in injury state but also out of this what you've learned is it's okay if i get injured i i'm building my tools of how to manage myself yeah. physically and mentally in this process and i mean and an an example of you leon you you've really evolved your practice yes you have changed from being that personal trainer that's always building gains yep. but you're also building smarter and more savvy uh clients yeah. who yeah. are understanding their bodies as much and you also don't want your 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 patients to always be dependent on you mm-hmm. yeah, you want yeah. them to gain this knowledge and grow exactly. and say hey okay, you've seen me for a month now go do it let's see if you've learned yeah. and then you know touch base with me and you get another client and your your practice has evolved from being just about you know short term goals but more to long term uh patients with long term goals be it rehabbing them be it educating them from you know flexibility or mobility mm-hmm. issues even or just you know saying start slow it's not about feeling sore after your first session let's build you up so your practice leon has definitely evolved and your injuries have actually played a great role in uh, in involving you yeah, as, like- as a facility and a rehab specialist personal trainer yeah i'm actually very grateful for the injuries and uh, we were even thinking with our like online coaching that's pretty much the direction to take yeah cuz clients tend to get dependent and it can be hard to get them like you can say win them off and they're like no yeah. i can't do it without you so in a way the this whatever is happening with corona you know the client is like oh i can actually do this oh i remember right. you told me this oh i form role Your, your your clients that's yeah. the key you know you're empowering them exactly. and confidence and it's it's incredible um and it takes time you know it takes it time <laughs> and as you as your client goes through this process with you and eventually you discharge them and you say okay i'm letting you go on your own you're making room for new clients to come in and what that does is that enhances your practice as well you yeah. don't get demotivated a bored of seeing the same old clients same old injuries you're really um uh, bringing that diversity back and, and motivating yourself to doing what you love yeah but uh, i know, think it's important yeah. with online training side is the education part of it yeah here is actually an online coach it's not like it's a bit like the difference between um learning distance learning versus a teacher doing writing on a blackboard and you copying it. You know, a PT face to face PT is a lot more spoon feeding someone. Mm-hmm. I think when you step away from that, you've actually got to give them the tools to be able to help themselves. 
and you're there more as a guide and a mentor with your mind space. So you're an educator, you're educating. And I know, this, you know, this is why I know it appeals to, to Leon and Clear, because we love a bit of education, we love giving people tools. You know, and I think that's the important thing when you're, you're doing the online space is to be an educator as well as a educator, mentor, and coach all rolled into one, rather than just a, a teacher. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, very, very important. You're not just treating the, the body, you're, you're treating the mind as well. Um, and, and, and that's very, very important, is you're, you're, you're really shaping people's lifestyle. And these are habits and mindsets that you're, that you're helping with. So the education part is key. Yeah. And I think, you know, as personal trainers, if you have had an injury, you can become a lot more relatable to some clients. Um, You know, like Leon might get a reputation as, oh, you know, he hurt his SI, but look, now he's back to squatting and deadlifting. Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's go to him. Or Andy's got, you know, bad knees, but he still manages to work around it. And yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's actually, like Leon said, injuries can be a blessing in disguise. It, in a way, sad that that's what it takes. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, silver linings. I think an injury teaches you to educate yourself. As, as a person who's got an injury, or you get an injury, you're forced to, to think about that injury and actually learn all about that process, all about muscle yeah. And then rechange your process and your habits and your training methodology just so you can survive with especially with long-term injuries like you know i've got a full rupture you know one of my tendons in my bicep no acls and <laughs> my knees these sort of things but they've had as a result of me changing completely the way i change yeah. certain, certain muscles and you know and look for different methodologies yeah and that just grows you as a personal trainer and you can work with a much right, a wider variety of clients because you'll know how, how to help them. And then, that, again, that's where it's so important to work with your physio. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to have this, this, this team working with you um, and, and getting that confidence, um, that rapport open. I agree, 100%. So with, with Corona and everyone working out at home, <laughs> Altaf, have you seen a rise in uh, different problems? Uh, so our, our, we closed our, our clinic about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, just we didn't want to, we have a lot of international patients, lots of elderly patients. It was just going to be, you know, we see any between four or five therapists that we have, we have anywhere from 20 to 30 patient sessions a day. You know, mm-hmm. so that's a lot of patients moving in and out, a lot of therapists interacting. So we decided to close the clinic um, and have virtual sessions. So, you know, 30 minute virtual sessions. We've had an, so it ha- we're not seeing those many patients. We're seeing a few, a few patients on virtual because there's only so much you can do virtually, mm-hmm. but getting a lot of back and neck patients, you know, patients who haven't moved in a long time, deciding I'm running, I'm walking, I'm doing some exercise and doing, doing it the wrong way or <laughs> just too much too soon or really haven't moved um, in that sense. And then we're getting all the RSI patients, you know, repetitive stress on a, with a lot of screen time, a lot of phone time, uh, a lot of, you know, maybe lifting more groceries than you would do in a, in a day. So we've got a, a lot of uh, patients going in 
calling us because of backs. I've had a lot of backs and I've had a lot of necks. Definitely, definitely uh, calling me during this this time. Um, unfortunately, with some of them, it's just about you know teaching. Uh, we can't touch them, so we're we're teaching mm. them how to you know stretch and use modalities such as icy heat, but also using medication, which is which is again right now it's it's, it's okay for them to use in the acute setting. Um, but we also want to tell people when you're injured, don't stop moving. And I think that's what people don't realize. You just don't go dead, stop. Um, you know, principles of uh, managing injuries from rice, you know, which was the original, to price. And then it changes to, you know, police, which was, you know, using optimum loading. Yeah. And now the, the favorite acronym is called peace and love, you know, oh, which is, you know, which is actually encouraging movement within the pain-free motion you can. And it, it's important. Um, it's important to keep your mobility going. It's, it's very, very important. And dead stop, as you know, recent research is, is showing that doing a dead stop and just rest and just lying down flat, you know, uh, on a bed after back injury is actually more detrimental. And movement, optimum loading is a key, key, key. I think now so, that's where it comes down to education because most people the first thing when you get an injury it's there's that sort of depression mindset like oh crap can't do anything I can't, yeah Just gonna and, yeah lie in bed uh, and eat <laughs> and, and also it's not about popping pills right like yeah. so you know a lot of research is now saying that you don't you shouldn't ice or you shouldn't be taking anti-inflammatories within the first 12 to 24 hours unless it's really really bad because we want your body to heal naturally. The inflammatory process is your body's way of healing. Yeah. Please do not stop that process. The moment you dead stop it, the healing process is compromised. Yeah. So with a lot of people, you know, yes, elevate, yes, protect it. Um, so with peace and love, I'm just gonna read out. So peace is for protection, E is for elevation, A is for avoiding anti-inflammatories, uh, avoid taking anti-inflammatories as they reduce the healing tissue, um, and then there's compression, and then that's and then there's education. So that's mm -hmm. the piece. The love is load. Uh, o is for optimism. Mm -hmm. V is for vascularization, where you want to increase the blood flow to the area, yeah. um, and you know moving. Move. It's not about putting heat. Just yeah. moving increases the the vascularity, and then exercise. Yeah. Yes. You are injured, but you can still exercise. So those those components of, of people uh, people understanding those things. That's where your therapist comes, uh, your personal trainer, your therapist will come in and say, "Hey, look, it's it's okay. You're you hurt your back today, but we're going to do some light movements. Even just walking for ten minutes gives you mobility in your spine, and that's enough to help you recover." Um, so I think it's like uh, giving. I'll, I'll I'll make this uh, this acronym available for you guys to show to your patients. Yeah, that's Thanks, such man. a great one. Yeah. I love that. Peace I, and love. I have a question though. Uh, this yeah. is this is me though. Like I like after leg days, it's just something I've done. It's one of yeah. those things you do, and I think I used to see my dad do it a lot. And I like to just ice my like my knees, you know, after like a leg day. It's not their hurt yeah. or anything, and I know there's the yeah, inflammation process and everything but 
I don't know. It just feels good. So is that like a bad thing or because I just it just. Uh, I mean, we we use ice a lot, a lot, yeah. uh, and again, it's not because you've had an acute injury. Yeah, it just, it just relaxes me. Yeah. So we use also ice baths a lot, and you should know this as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Ice baths, you know, <laughs> dipping in. So what ice baths do is they do two things. Mm. One is they constrict the cap- the capillaries. Yeah. The, the blood vessels will constrict. Yeah. So there's less blood flow going through, and it will numb your nervous system, so you yeah. don't feel that pain. The pain, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you get out of the ice component, the blood vessels will open, and the blood will flow faster. Yeah. So it's a way of flushing out um, lactic acid, but also just increasing vascularity. You know, in a in a pumping action, mm-hmm. um, and that helps in in healing and regeneration. Oh, okay. um, so no, I, I I don't see a problem with it. Oh, perfect, because um, I I, I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy my eyes. <laughs> okay. so you have found that sweet spot that works for you, yeah. that you know helps you. So I I don't see a reason why not. Just some people have to have guidelines. Don't overdo yes, it. Yes. Don't over ice. Uh, you know, make sure you don't ice and then decide I'm going to. Go and do multiple activities super yeah, fast. True, true. You know, yourself into it. But no, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, it depends on what your end goal yeah. is and what you're trying to achieve. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for all these, well, for everyone working out at home now, what would yes. your advice as a physio be yeah, to them? Yeah, actually. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I think it would be, it's, it's very important to work out and I'm glad people are embracing it. But I also think you need to consult with your personal trainer or a personal trainer or a professional before you start any, you know, online, you know, uh, sort of YouTube videos or, or Instagram things you've seen because that may not be to, a, to your level. You know, it depends on what sort of level of activity you've done before and what you're going to be doing now. Um, and it's not just about going from being a sedentary guy and then doing a hit. You're definitely going to feel it the next day and it's definitely going to be um, a, a risky component for injury. So it's always good to, you know, contact your personal trainer or contact your physio and say, look, I haven't done this for a long time and I want to do, what do I start with? And they'll guide you or they'll, they'll send you some YouTube links of, of exercises that are towards your level. You could be an advanced guy and just need to modify, you know, you could be using a squat rack and a bench press, but you don't have that at home. So how do you modify that? Yeah. So again, that's where your personal trainer comes in and says, look, let's modify. For instance, I'm, I'm now not training at the gym, I'm training at home. I have a coach myself, even though I'm a physio, I have a coach. And my setup is right in my, Right in my sitting room. Yeah, right? nice. So, again, with the lighter weights, you know, mm. modifying your modifying your um, your uh, your exercises to your level. But it takes time when you start. So start slow. Get those neural connections, you know, um, set in stone. You're able to do the movements right, and then progress. I find that people progress way too fast or start at way too. Uh, a, a, a way higher level than, than they should. And yeah. I think, Leon, you, you, you see this a lot. Yeah, because um, I was just going to say that I'm sure after, say, let's say, after Corona, I don't know how that will be or 
however it'll be you will be seeing a lot of people because the things we are seeing on uh, like social media i i can foresee a lot of uh like well, probably uh, repetitive stress injuries, like you say, because yeah. you shouldn't be doing high intensity every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, again, that's right. It's, it's recovery. Yeah. If you're going to do a pretty heavy leg day today, you need the recovery the next day, um, and you know, do a do an upper body or just you know walk or do your stretches. Yeah, because I think people have forgotten the nutrition component, so everyone has dived into. I need to move, I need to jump, I need to sweat. And then they forget I'm always in the fridge. Every time I'm in the kitchen, I'm snacking. I'm, why am I gaining weight? My back is aching. So you you have a lot of people who've forgotten the whole nutrition. The yeah, the basics, the nutrition. Yeah. The, and then they've gone to, I need to jump, I need to... So you don't see a lot of people just doing a basic squat like today i'm just going to work on my push-up form i'm going to try and improve my shoulder stability i'm i'm going to work my core there's no it's like there's no there's no plan and there's also no plan of progression it's just what's the thing what's where andy was saying that you know it's education yeah yeah at the end of the day it's, it's it's about being educated and this is where your personal trainer is highly educated to guide you i wish instagram and i and i think this is a big thing here is that people are forgetting the fundamentals i mean trainers as well yes they're happy to stick on an online workout without ever without being careful who's following it Mm -hmm. i think like the best trainers have client groups so they already know who's going to be following their online session rather than just opening it up for everyone because I think people are forgetting assessments, exercise assessment. So they're having people follow them without any physical assessment of their base fitness or their movement ability. They don't realize that person's probably, it could be their second live session of the day. They might have done a session the day before. Actually, we're just bombarding people, trying to be helpful, a lot of people trying to be helpful, Bombarding them with similar content, high repetition, home workouts, without doing the basics and knowing who's following it, yeah, knowing good. what we've done. And I think that's, we're going to see a lot more injuries because of that. Yeah, you see a lot of, um, um, I don't know if I can call them heat workouts, but it's like one hour of heat and you're doing that yeah. twice a day. It's um, mental. It's it's a. Uh, it, if you're listening, you want to sort of just avoid and be smart. Otherwise, you will be spending a lot more money after. You'll be seeing LTAP a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, you're right, just doing four, maybe five basic movements. You know, just master those movements and then you can add your progressions. Um, then it's fine. But just, you know, mastering a few basic 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 movements doing a good you know for instance building your legs doing a good squat doing a good lunge doing a good you know deadlift position not even weighted just do the motion increase the reps you know just getting those down it's boring initially that's the problem is they Mm -hmm. find it that it's boring they're not getting but you can definitely make some of these things interesting 
Uh, and again, back to basics is key. And you make a very good point there. Yeah, yeah, and I think like now is such a great time. If you do, you've had that niggle, you can have a virtual session with Altaf yeah. or another physio. And like as long as it's not too serious, they can probably give you a lot of you know exercises to do that you can work on because now you've got the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bit boring, but what an amazing opportunity now yeah, to, to really focus on that. Go back to the basics. Talking to Leon and Clea about your nutrition, you know, how do you track your, your nutrition? How do you track your macros and calories? You know, with this whole pandemic, all we seem to be doing is going to the supermarket and shopping. That's true. What is everyone eating? I'm like, what are you guys eating? I don't get it. Like, I know they're scared that they might run out of food, but we're not going to run out of food. But the more food you bring in, the more you're going to want to eat it. So, you know, still, I think educating people on their macros and saying, and, and the calories, you can survive and build muscle and be fit with the right amount of macros and calories and exercise. Yeah, because I think we were talking about it with Andy and everyone has forgotten like now it's the whole world. All of us are doing a lot more sitting than walking, meaning you're not using that much energy. So yeah. rather than jump up and down thinking you burn it off, you know, just... Just have half a bowl of crisps, not the whole packet every day. <laughs> so, Portion control. Yeah. yeah like, yes, enjoy. I mean, you've got more time to cook now. Yeah, yeah. More meat. Definitely. Or enjoy it. Yeah, but again, the principle of everything in moderation. Um, and I think this is a great opportunity for people to, and even for me, you know, speaking from just being at home, is self-growth. You know, do the things you say, I never had time to do. Cook your meals, prep them. You know, cook them from scratch. Go for a walk. I was in Karura this morning, so mm. I was late for this podcast. But, you know, I woke up at 8, went for my, my walk, came back. It was beautiful. Fresh air. You know, not those many planes in the sky, not many matadors around, not many cars. So embrace that. You know, come and, you know, listen to our podcast. And, you know, learn something new. You know, implement different things. So I think this is a great opportunity mm. for us to embrace this self-time and also this time with your loved ones, yeah. you know, yeah. and your family. It's, it's, yeah, how do you think we're going to get this time? Just use the time productively. I, I, I did an Instagram live story about this. This is an ideal time to educate yourself, spend quality time with family, and then even use it for recovery, use it productively, rather than, you know, hoard shopping and doing stupid exercises. You know, as, uh, Leon, you make a good point. A lot of people think because they're eating everything in the cupboards, they've got to do more online training yeah. sessions. Mm-hmm. And what we don't realise is just increase your needs, your you know, your non-exercise activities. You move around the house more, do more housework, dance around your lounge with the kids. Yeah. You know, <laughs> do the little things rather than, oh, I must do now an Instagram live yeah, therapy like session. The this fourth one coach. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the day, you don't just because you're eating everything. Actually, you might benefit from eating a little bit more, recovering a little bit more, and actually having enjoyable times like playing in the garden with the kids, building something, a fort in the garden. These are all activities. You probably burn more calories than jumping on the spot. Yeah, yeah and you won't injure yourself. <laughs> and your knees will be happy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's all about us being, being a, it's like being a kid again. You know, True. coming home and, you know, you're home already. When was the last time you, you painted? Or when was the last time you, you know, decorated your, your house or, you know, baked? It's about doing the simple things. You know, the other day I was talking to a parent who's got two kids at home and they've got these online classes going on. And I'm like, wow, why is this happening? They should just, you know, every kid is going to, they're, they're like, we don't want the kids to, to fall back. I'm like, every kid is going to fall back yep. regardless. Yeah. They're all on the same level. So why don't you let them just be kids again? Why don't you make them build something, you know, come into the garden and plant a veggie patch, yeah. you know, or, you know, just have some potatoes and do some potato printing or hand prints or, you know, get a canvas and, and, and do something. So, you know, you've got this chance, you know, we've got this chance to really channel our inner selves and creativity and just bond and, you know, appreciate the small things that we, that we always take for granted. And I, and I think all those things you've mentioned that even just more, because everyone is thinking too much on the physical because we've become a, you know, social media, physical world. Well, and aesthetics that, driven. Yeah, and guys are forgetting the mental, like just how reading a book and like yeah. I always say, the power of a walk. It's it's just it's, freeing your mind yes. and we are uh, all... You know, getting a good eight, nine hours of sleep. Yeah, that's when you regenerate. <laughs> After your workout, that's when the regeneration and muscle building occurs. Yeah, we are so catching... get that good quality of sleep. Yeah, we are catching up on like how many? 25 years of a sleep deficit. <laughs> of this yeah, this yeah. early morning. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's okay to take an afternoon nap. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, true. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we've got a I few. Think, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Andy. Well, I was going to say, I do think this is a prime time for people to get creative. I've started an online creative writing course because people keep Ooh. pestering me to write a book about my life. Yeah. So I started doing that. Oh, nice. Uh, but, like, for the kids, rather than like formal schooling every day, I have them, um, you know, writing comic strips or writing stories because I actually think creativity is a skill we're all losing mm-hmm. yeah. because we spend so much time, as Neil said, in a sort of physical social media world, you know, rather than trying to be, let's go back to actually just trying to come up with things ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> it's, and it's also important to limit, limit your screen time. Mm-hmm. I think that's something else that we've got to look at. Yeah, yeah. Screen time and cutting down on how much we're on a TV or an iPad or a phone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something... You know, try and, and try and monitor that. Yeah, totally. So we've got a couple of questions that were sent okay. in by our listeners, Altaf. Uh, I think a, a really interesting one is, what is your favorite snack? Wow, my favorite go, go-to snack <laughs> is actually Greek yogurt. Mm, so I like, one. I love the Lackey's uh, mango and passion Greek yogurt. And then I toss in a few uh, cashews in there. And that's my go-to snack. I like it. Oh, nice. Okay, so um, I'll just, I have one here. What are some ways of rehabbing the QL on one side and protecting it from injury afterwards? So the QL is, uh, I mean, it depends on how you've, uh, you've, you've hurt it. The, 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 the QL, usually it's people sitting a lot um, and then moving from that sit to stand position. And it's again lack of mobility. They're definitely uh, stretching that 
that QL app is, is key. Going into child pose, you know, putting your hands in front and opening that component out, which will also open your lower, lower back up. Um, how do you prevent it? Uh, good body mechanics, posture is key, but also making sure you're stretching. Mm-hmm. Uh, be regular in, in stretching it, it, it out. Um, the QL will also sort of kick in depending on if there's any um, lower back spinal sort of predisposition. You know, if you've had any um, discs you know, that have indulged before or you've had any uh, Z joint, the joint which each vertebrae sit on inflamed. And those, if you've had those incidences before, um, you do have a predisposition of having that back ache and the QL kicking in as, as well in that, in that process. So definitely stretches. Um, and also taking breaks from being in a position for a long, long time. You sit there for a long time, stand up and walk up, walk around every 45 minutes. You know, take about, you know, if you're taking a phone call, sit up and sitting, take it on your wireless, walk around, drink more water because it will force you to pee and stand up a lot more. So you could do that as well. Um, so different, there are different strategies for it. Okay, great. Andy, you've got a couple of questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Just while just sitting here, just thought about a couple. Uh, so first one, and I just asked one at a time to get the answers. So first one being, um, how would you look at and look at treating um, lack of balance in a muscle? So say my, for instance, with me, and I know what's causing it, but like my right quad is actually a little bit lower, smaller than my. Mm-hmm. For me, it's down to massive knee trauma. But um, but for you, if you saw that, because uh, I've got a client who always believes his one side is lat and his shoulder on one side is disproportionate to his yeah. right side. So, you know, just from a physio's perspective. So we always, uh, both sides will never be the same. And, and it, it'll only, I mean, Leon can attest to this. Um, <laughs> Being a bodybuilder, you're always looking at your size and whether things are proportional or not. Yeah, man, the symmetry. That's more aesthetics. If it's more for aesthetics, then, you know, it's a lot more of building, trying to build that muscle again and isolating it. Functionally, if there's no, if there's no direct effect of any pain or causing any injury, then there's really, you know, your body is already adapted to it. Depends on how old you are. You know, the older you are, the harder it is to get that balance of muscle visually. But it could be also functionally opt- optimally for your body and the way it is. If you're a younger younger person, you know, um, 17, 18, you're still growing. And at that point, if you, if you can look at the visual components of the muscle, it's much easier to build and trying to get them proportionally by doing the right sort of isolation exercises maybe adding a few more um, reps and uh, isolatory um, exercises to that, that muscle group uh, above and beyond of what you're doing. Well, uh, uh, what do you think, Leon? Uh, I was going to say also on this, like the same question, say what Andy has said, because um, I think me and Clea have the, almost the same issue, but it's in terms of like activation. Say when we are warming up, you know, you're trying to just get the m- muscles fired up and um, what if one muscle is easier to activate as compared to the other one? Like, say, 
in Andy's client's case, uh, if your right activates, maybe right glut or glute activates faster than um, or easier than the yeah. other side, like because um, I know it's because of my SI, but sometimes it causes like a problem with my squats because yeah. it really takes long to get. To do. So yeah. sometimes what we do is we use different techniques of uh, trying to trying to give that muscle feedback. Yeah. Uh, for instance, your glute. You know, say you're squatting and your glute switches off or yeah. is not as active as you want. Yeah. I like to take two fingers and and press it, press my the two fingers onto the glute, yeah. and ask you to contract the muscle into my finger. Yeah. So it's that neural training. You know, even just getting that or lying down on your on your on your back and literally trying to squeeze the butt muscles and putting your hands so that that biofeedback component is really good in, in helping that activation and eventually building that muscle component. So, so we, I think it's about breaking it down to basics and saying, okay, let's activate this muscle and let's concentrate for this next two sets. Doesn't have to be heavy, yeah. just fire the muscle. Fire the muscle. And as you do it, it works well. We use this also another technique of mental imagery. We use it in um, in stroke patients a lot, and trying that, trying to get them to activate it on the good side, yeah. and, and visualizing that, and have them do oh. the same thing oh. on the other side, and having that transference, yeah. which works really really well as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think it's important for people to realize as well. Some imbalance is common and normal. And I guarantee, you know, aesthetically speaking, if it's an aesthetics thing where you you look at yourself in the mirror and think, oh, my one bicep's smaller than the other, oh, probably is. But I guarantee no one else is really, really noticing Yeah, it. true. You know, it's <laughs> a personal thing, you know? Well, I agree. Yeah. A lot of clients come to me and they're like, oh, I'm so square for, I have this imbalance. I'm like, you're never going to be perfectly symmetrical. And, you know, if it's no. not causing you pain... You know, then it then it's okay, but it's I think always good to be aware yeah. of where yeah. you have those imbalances, and then if you are worried, you go and see a physio. Yeah, and it's an adaptation that your body has made over time, right? Yes. Uh, all the things uh, it depends on what I mean. Tennis players have one arm much more muscular and active as compared to the other one, so wow. imbalances will be there. It's how do you do you manage? How do you manage it? Um, and also, the imbalances could have occurred because of an injury. Mm -hmm. You could have had an injury, could have had a disuse where you didn't use it and, and you lost the muscle. Um, but, you know, muscle memory does help and it does come, it does come back, the muscle. Um, and the key thing people should, should be looking at is, it, is it functioning and doing what it's supposed to do at the level you want it to do at? Yeah. Not more so as to how visually it looks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we can say specific to like sport or daily life, so to speak. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas bodybuilders, it's a bit different. You know, yeah, yeah. they're going to be going <laughs> on the stage. They look at everything from water retention, yeah, the, to, uh, the, symmetry, and all these things. But here's the thing: I think for most bodybuilders, there's a, there's a need to realize you're not Dexter Jackson or Phil Heath. You're not still for ninety percent of the bodybuilders. You're still not going to be symmetrical. No, very few get to that point, actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, bodybuilders are perfectionists. I mean, Andy, Leon, you guys know this. Yeah, we have a, it's a very, small very problem. It's, we just don't let it go to 
the point it affects yeah. our mental it's health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a mental issue that's under control, so to speak. <laughs> um, well, I think we've got time for one more question. Andy, did you have another one? Yeah, I've got one more question. I think this is more for, I think this is, you know, I know, I might know most of the answers, but this is more for sort of general people listening. What is the difference between a physiotherapist, a chiropractor, okay. osteopath, and I don't know, there's probably a few more in there. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, physios, physical therapists, mobility specialists, they work on the, on the, on the muscles, they work on the joints. Um, and they use different modalities from manual therapy to uh, to uh, dry needles to modalities to myofascial release and then exercise prescription. Okay, we do a lot of manual techniques as well. Uh, some some physios will do high velocity adjustments, or they will do some low velocity uh, adjustments as well. Mostly very low velocity. Chiropractors use. Um, their main focus is the spine. So if your spine is misaligned or not in the right uh, way that it should be, they feel that it kinks the neural processes. So for all the information going from the brain down the spinal cord to the rest of your body is affected. So by adjusting and aligning the spine, if you allow for that free flow in information, your body has this innate ability to heal. So they feel that by adjusting high velocity cracking, as I would say it, uh, or adjustments, once you align the spine, this free flow of information and your body will heal. Okay, that's what that's the, the premise between chiropractors. Osteopaths um, use adjustments and manual techniques as well. Um, very much so like chiropractors but they just don't focus on the spine. They will focus on the full body. So adjustments or high velocity movements and manual movements at the shoulder or the knee, that will allow for free flow of, of uh, fluids and, and, and energy as well um, uh, for healing. Um, I mean, they're also great uh, manual therapists, um, osteos as well. Um, then you have your massage therapist who use myofascial release or you've got some some uh, physios or chiros using something called uh, the, the fascial distortion model, so fascial manipulation, where it's about just really getting the fascia and breaking down the, the cross links in fascia, which I think ha- is, is great, but it's not, it's, you can't solve everything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they believe that you can do fascial release and it'll solve anything and everything. Um, I feel chiros, physios, and osteos have a place in our healthcare system, but they need to be working together. Um, yeah. And I find that the muscle work that a physio will do will complement the adjustments a chiropractor will do, will complement the adjustments and manual movements and energy movements that an osteo will do. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's good. It's good to know. and. Yeah, like we've been saying, just for everyone to work together. Yeah. Um, well, this is turning into a marathon podcast. I think we'll have to stop there. But Altaf, I'm sure we'll get you back at some point because I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Um, awesome. Um, but just so for, for general listeners, just, you know, be careful how you work out at home. I'll put all Altaf's um, contacts and everything in the podcast notes in case you want to contact him. 
And then to all the uh, personal trainers, you know, get to know the physios in your area in Nairobi. And it's really yep. good to build up a rapport of them. And just so that you can refer your clients. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I think it's, it's, that's amazing, Clea. Thanks for giving me this this, uh, this opportunity to talk to you and Andy and the rest of your listeners. I mean, our, our practice performance medicine, we have, uh, you know, of this, this is just not me. There's a, there's a bunch of us. So you have your choice of the, of the therapist you want. You know, in Karen, we have a few therapists. You know, we have Aniksha, we have Sally, we have Eileen, we have Anna in Auckland, we have Tloni, we have Sarah. Then we have some of our home therapists, you know, therapists who go to your house and treat some of our elderly patients. So you have the choice. It's up to you to choose who you want to go and see. Um, and you have to be comfortable with that therapist. And you don't have to see a therapist just because you're injured. Uh, you can see a therapist even if you're not injured. And physiotherapy isn't always painful. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to come out like Andy, tortured from your rugby yeah. session. <laughs> Thank you so, so much uh, for having me on. It's uh, good to see you guys on, uh, on the social media platform as well. Andy, you as well? Yes. I'll see you. I'm sure when, I, when finally travel restrictions lifted i come i come see you down in nairobi excellent and you know and for your listeners you know please shoot out uh, questions uh to me via email or whatsapp i know we can't do sessions but i'll be more than happy to help via whatsapp and answer questions or guide you with as best as i can great thanks a lot altaf thank you, awesome. see you guys. Okay. Have a great, uh, thanks bye, bye.